Give it up for the worship team this morning. Way to lead us. Thank you for being uh, patient. And if you're new to all this and you're thinking, I'm never coming back to that church, just know that we are what people would call a spirit-filled church. That means when the spirit moves, we want to move with it. <laughs> and I, I promise not to abuse your time, but we're never going to orchestrate the Holy Spirit in or out. He does what he chooses to do. He shows up when he chooses to show up. Our, our job is to step in. <laughs> even when it feels uncomfortable, even when you're like, hey, this isn't how we usually do this. And if you're new to us, you don't know that we don't usually do this, so welcome. Welcome to, to new life. Uh, but this morning, like I said, I, I had a, a different message prepared, but uh, I won't say I'm going by the seat of my pants because I'm not. Um, but I believe this is a very opportune time. I was waiting to see how we were going to respond during worship. <clears throat> and... Like I said, I think there's windows and times where we either step in or we step back. And if, and if you can use your imagination with me for just a minute before we get started, you think of if you've ever tried to break a pencil or, or something in your hands, there's that tension as you're flexing it and flexing it and flexing it, and you can feel that pretty soon it's about to break, Right? <laughs> That's the tension we feel in our spirits oftentimes, and it gets uncomfortable, and we're like, what if it doesn't break? That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need God on our side. That's why we really almost have to take our hands off of it and allow Him to come in, and it's nothing for Him. What He can do in a second as we yield to Him is nothing. It's, it's, it's worth 300 hours of preaching. It's worth three years of prayer. What we can allow Him to do in three seconds in our lives is incredibly important, and we have to step in when we get those times. And so again, you may be saying, hey, I'm not one of those people. Become one of those people. Be an altar person. Be a prayer person. Be a, a praise person. I mean, I'm sitting down here feeling like I'm free. I'm just thinking, man, my worship team just knocked it out of the park this morning. They didn't have that planned. And this is how we fight our battles, church. We stand in the presence of an awesome God. Feeling helpless, feeling broken, feeling down, feeling limited, and realizing the battle is not for us. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we are told this over and over again. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by what we can do. It's by His Spirit. And we, we sometimes stop there, but I want to remind you, Zacharias says at the end of that, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That means a Lord that has armies at His disposal. He doesn't need them to fight for Him. He's got them to fight for you and for me. That's the Lord of hosts that we serve, that He says, you see what they're going through? Get down there and help them. But we got to be willing to stand in that tension until, quote, the cavalry comes. And we refuse to back up and we refuse to give ground and we stay right at that tension place where it feels like, Lord, I'm, I don't know if I can keep praising my mind, my spirit. My, I don't know if I can. We feel that tension and then guess what? Snap. 
and something breaks loose. Something opens up. Something allows us to go where we haven't been before. But that means it often is accompanied by some awkwardness, by some tension, by some what is going on, and, and, and the tendency of our flesh to want to back away. But it's in those moments when God begins to turn up the heat that stuff comes to the surface. It's in those moments where God says, there's more in you than what you know. I'm in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. If you just turn me loose, see what the Lord of hosts can do. I don't believe we've even scratched the surface of what he can do. I don't believe we've even scratched the surface of how powerfully we can pray. I don't believe we've even put a dent in how much we can worship. I don't believe we've even gotten to the point where we know what it means to touch the Holy of Holies. All we do is we sing, we sing what we can sing, but when we have to get into that tension place and push through, I believe is when we feel the Holy Spirit do what we can't do. And it's that type of boldness. It's that type of what I call stupid faith. And it doesn't mean you're stupid. It's just like, it's like some redneck thing where you're like, hey, watch this. And you'd never expect any sane person to do it. That's the type of faith sometimes it takes to break through the mess that we encounter in our lives. And there's some of you dealing with that. You're dealing with alcohol. You're dealing with family members. You're dealing with a mother-in-law, father-in-law, finances, that they're pressing against you ready to break. But you've got the ability to stand and allow the Holy Spirit to break through. And what's amazing is what it feels like when we're about to break is when God's about ready to do an incredible work. We feel the tension. You see, I believe not only the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but he felt all that tension stretched out. Becoming God between man and his father. The tension of our sin and what he was about to do. The tension of all the pressure and the tension of the Holy Spirit that was about to be released. He felt it. He knew it. And we struggle with that. I'm telling you, if you can learn to embrace that, it's scary and it feels awkward. And and there's, there's no way to navigate it except for to just allow God to do what he's going to do. And maybe you're one of those people, man, there was people being loud up here and there was people lifting their hands and you don't have to do that. But I want you to know you have the liberty to break through. I believe if we're in the Spirit, it will be decent and in order. And it may not look like everything everybody else is doing, but you don't know what's happening inside somebody else of what they need to have broken through in their lives. And for some of us, it's quiet prayer. And for some of us, we're just fighting mad. And we're ready to see God do what only God can do. But what I want to share this morning that was on my heart since we started worship is that sometimes we go about this the wrong way. I believe that in our culture today, we tend to have a very negative slant and a negative view and negative words And yet I want to drop on you just a little bit of what the Bible says this morning. 
And then whether you like it or not, we're going to have some altar time this morning. Because I don't think that everybody that could have been here was here. And I want to make it very clear. This is not a place of shame. This is a place of meeting God. This is a place of healing. This is a place of hope. This is a place of being refilled and refueled. This is a place where we meet our maker and it's a good thing. This is not a walk of shame. This is a walk out of our shame. This is not a place where we feel embarrassed. This is a place where we feel empowered. This is not a useless old religion. This is about relationship with the Heavenly Father. And if you've never heard that before, you've never experienced that, somehow there's some pain and shame. There's more pain and shame of sitting in your mess than coming forward and allowing God and the Holy Spirit, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, to do in you what you can't do in yourself. This can be a place that's awkward because you feel broken. And it's okay to feel broken here because we know who can do the repair. God's got duct tape we don't have. He can fix everything. (laughs) So this morning, if you would, it's not going to be on the screen because we're calling an audible this morning. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And I'll tell you how we're going to fight this morning here in just a few minutes. I want to remind you that the Bible says that all Scripture, all Scripture, every last word, is inspired by God, and it was given to us so that we would be thoroughly equipped for a life of holiness. Now, that being said, you've probably read this passage before, but I want you to see it with new eyes this morning. Paul says in first, or Ephesians 1, chapter 3, or sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay, let's read that one more time. I want you to look at some of these powerful words. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Now look at this. Paul is saying, I want to bless God the Father, the Lord of our Jesus Christ. And in doing so, I want to bless you by reminding you that He has blessed us. Whether you feel like it or not this morning, God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Think about that for just a minute. 
regardless of how you feel or whether you've seen it or not. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How do we get to the heavenly places in Christ? Through our praise and through our prayer. This is not an earthly thing. There is no earthly bank account that we go to get our blessings. It says very specifically that we have been blessed, but we have to reach into the heavenlies to get the spiritual blessing. And the only way we do that is not by whining, not complaining, not hoping somebody does it for us. We submit ourselves, we push ourselves to a place where we go and get it. It's waiting for you. It's been given to you. You've been blessed by it. But we still have to get into the heavenly places to get it. And it doesn't mean it's mystical. There's no special prayer. You don't have to read a certain book. You don't have to have a formula for how you get it. But it means we've got to stop focusing on the curse. And be blessed people who bless people. And I'm not talking about giving stuff away. I'm talking about one of the most powerful things we can do, which is to use our voice to bless. God has blessed us. And this is countercultural because we know how to be sarcastic, and we know how to be cynical, and we know how to be negative, and we now have things like anti-truth and anti-news and all this stuff, and yet I'm here to tell you that God has called us to be people that bless. And if you want to see a change, you want to see a breakthrough, you want to see something be renewed and really mixed up in your world, begin to be a blesser. And I'm telling you from personal experience, I grew up most of my life being a worst-case scenario person. I'm the person that it's easy for me to see the negative. It's easy for me to speak the negative. It's easy for me to use sarcasm as a shield. It's easy to do those things, but God has not called me to be those things. God has called me to be a blessing and to bless others. And I want to bless you with the knowledge of what that means. It says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He chose us in Him, verse 4, before the foundation of the world, before He even planned this globe. He saw you, He saw me, and He said, I want them to be blessed. Imagine that. He knew we were going to struggle. He knew we were going to suffer. He knew that there was going to be hard times and trials and storms and all that mess. And yet he said, my plan for them, before I ever picked up a piece of dirt and formed the earth, I want them to be blessed and I want them to bless others. And if you read all the way back in the Old Testament, the old fathers of faith understood this. They would gather their children as the time came, and they would bless them. And they do this incredible thing, and it, and it speaks of the power of God. Specifically, many of the, the, the ancients would call their sons to them. And they would do this weird process as the, the old man, usually his eyes failing, his health failing, they would sit up on the side of the bed, or they would seat themselves. 
It never happened while they're laying down and eking out their last breath. They knew it was an important moment, and they would seat themselves. Do you know that Jesus Christ is seated for us today? At the right hand of God, the Father seated in power, seated in a place of authority. And he would call his sons to him, and they would do something that we would find very strange today. They would place their right hand under their father's right thigh. They would kneel at their father's feet. They would place their right hand under their father's thigh to feel the weight of his blessing, the weight of his presence as he would speak over them. That weight that we feel, they used to call it Shekinah. You can call it glory, but it's that heaviness, that burden, that glory weight as God's promises weigh on us at any given moment. But our eyes and our ears get distracted by those that want to curse us, by situations that want to curse us, and yet I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ has blessed us us. And you may say, I don't feel very blessed today. Irregardless of how you feel, you have been blessed, and those blessings are waiting for you. If you have been saved by Jesus Christ, those blessings are waiting for you. But the pastor, I've sinned. You don't know my life. Those blessings are waiting for you. And the only difference is there was a generation, not maybe, maybe not since the, before the boomer age, that got this. They had a, a process during church and during times where they met where they called it praying through. And it always sounds funny, but what were they praying through? And ultimately, they were praying through the pain. They were praying through the problems. They were praying, praying through their past. They were praying through whatever stood through it. They were going to pray through until they, quote, got a hold of God. And I can just see that older generation understood that they were placing their hand under the mighty thigh of God, that even though I'm feeling this, even though I don't deserve this, I'm going to receive your blessing, and the weight of your presence is the guarantee that those blessings are for me. He's speaking directly to you and I today, that those blessings come. And I'm not talking about material worth. That stuff that, that comes and goes. It doesn't translate into heaven, Right? I'm talking about a blessing that happens deep inside of us. A blessing that changes our spirit. A blessing that releases us to be who we're supposed to be. A blessing spoken over us that determines our destiny. A blessing spoken over us that allows us to do what we haven't done before. A blessing spoken over us that changes just like Jacob changes his name from a serper and heel grabber to a prince with God. When a blessing changes Sarai into Sarah, princess, when God touches her, when God touches so many other people and their lives are changed, it's the presence, it's the blessing. It's not some supernatural spiritual thing, it's just people 
that came face to face with God, and Jesus has paved the way for us by giving us praise and prayer to do that. Do you ever read in the Bible where it said that Jesus would go away by himself? What do you think he was doing? Kicking back in a hammock? He was on his face in prayer, meeting with the heavenly Father. He knew the demands. He knew what was needed of him. And he needed the presence of, even Jesus needed the presence of God. In his worst moment, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's on his knees in tears, crying and pleading and praying, so much so that it said that sweat was coming out of him like blood. is just running and running, trying to get a hold of the Father. Because he knew what was ahead of him. When he's 40 days in the desert and he's facing the, the literal devil, not like you and I face hard times, he's facing the literal devil. It said after that exchange, angels came and ministered to him. And if angels can come and minister to Jesus, angels can come and minister to us. And I'm not talking about chubby babies with wings. Remember I said the Lord of hosts. I'm talking about people that know how to fight for us. I'm talking about strong warriors. I'm talking about those that know how to stand. Those that know how to defend. Those that know how to encourage. Those that should give us a key of what type of people should we be. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 4, these blessings come so that we can be holy and without blame before Him in love. Look at this. He gave us the blessings in love, and when we learn to love like Jesus, we learn to bless Now, we've taken that, especially in church circles, and sometimes we've twisted that, and we pray what I would call perverse prayers. You know, I'll be praying for you. I pray the brakes fail on your car. I pray something falls and hits you while you're... Those aren't prayers. That's a curse. But I'm going to take you real quick so we can get some time together. Deuteronomy chapter 28, back of the book. I want you to see the heart of God. Now in your Bible it may say a blessing on obedience, but I want you to understand that God's intention is for us to be blessed. And that the funny thing about blessings are that they come to pass whether the person wants them to or not. But we can overcome the curse with obedience to God and bring the blessing. I want you to hear that again. You can overcome the curse by obedience to God and receive the blessing. We overcome the curse of death, sin, and the grave by getting saved, and the blessing of God is eternal life. When we obey, He tells us to be saved and repent. We receive blessing. 
When we obey and we receive the Holy Spirit, a gift is given. And we receive the empowerment. A blessing happens to take off the curse of our fear and our insecurities. And he says this. Look at verse 1 real quick. It's about halfway down verse 1. He says, I'm commanding you today to do these things that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Do you see what he's saying? You're my chosen people, and I'm going to set you a step above. I will set you high above all the nations of all the earth. Notice that he's doing the setting, he's doing the work. But here's what he says to us. Verse 2, look at this. All these blessings shall come upon you. Who wants that this morning? You want all the blessings? Didn't, didn't we just read that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing? You want all the blessings to come upon you? And they'll even overtake you. You may think, hey, I'm, I'm, I can't get there. They will overtake you. Because, why? You obey the voice of the Lord your God. You want to know why this service is different this morning? No stunt. No trying to be intriguing. We just obey the voice of the Lord. And when we obey, He blesses. When we obey, He blesses. The reason that many generations are blessed is because many generations were obedient. And if there's any wiggle room in this, I'm going to remove that right now. God never blesses disobedience. Ever. And you can say all the ultra grace that you want, but look from cover to cover. God never blesses disobedience. If you're wondering why the curse is on parts of your life, possibly there's disobedience going on in your life. You're drinking, you know you shouldn't be drinking. You're doing something you shouldn't be doing. You're doing something on the sly. You're messing around in gray areas. You're not fulfilling what God has asked you to do. And He can't bless that. And everywhere that he can't bless, there is another person called the devil that loves to get his hand on those things and twist it and pervert it and make your life miserable. So what we do is we obey and we keep our lives under the cover of his blessing. It's called obedience. And you say, well, I was raised in a democracy. Well, then get used to living under the curse. There's no democracy with God. There's just God. But look what he wants. All these blessings. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. Who lives in either one of those places? Everybody here, right? You either live in the country or you live in your city. What does God want you to be? And that's what he's saying. I'll bless you in those places. Look what else he says. I'll bless the fruit of your body. He wants your children to be blessed. He wants your energy to be blessed. The produce of your ground, the things that you work on. I want there to be an increase. Verse 5, I want to bless your basket. Now, you think I don't carry a basket anymore. Sure you do. It's called a purse or a wallet. Right? 
Look what else he says. In your kneading bowl, the things that are there. Blessed you shall be when you come in. Blessed you shall be when you go out. Have you ever done either of those things? Yes, we want you to be blessed. Look what else he says. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you. Does he say that your enemies won't rise against you? Nope. But look what he says. He will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. What's your enemy this morning? Cancer? Depression? Horrible relationships? Financial issues? What's your enemy this morning? He says that when we're obedient, the blessings come, and he will cause our enemies that rise against us to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. And for the next seven verses, he goes and he says, blessing, 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 blessing. I would think he's trying to tell us something. How about you? But here's where the rubber meets the road. Do you have the courage to bless? So I'm going to shoot real straight with you this morning. We're going to have a time of altar in just a second. And the first place you need to start the blessing is with the person that's hurt you the worst. How do you break the curse? Complaining, whining, remembering, playing over and over in your mind everything they've done to you? Or do we break the curse by saying, I'm going to bless my accuser. I'm going to bless my abuser. I'm going to bless and not curse. And when we do that, God blesses us. How about we bless our children? We bless our parents. They may not have been the parents that you want them to be, but we can bless them and not curse them. Can you bless your job even though you hate your job? Can you bless it? Can you bless your coworkers? Can you bless your husband or wife, even the one that left you and hurt you? Can you bless them? Can you bless the disease process that's going through your body and say, bless God, I'm still here. God, break this curse. So I'm going to ask you to stand up this morning. And if you're ready to break that curse off of some area of your life, I invite you to come forward. And I want you to actually speak a blessing. Don't let it be a backwards blessing. God, I bless them with chicken pox or some crazy, stupid thing. Set yourself free and start a new path by being someone that blesses. Who do you need to bless today? Come on, I know there's more than this. Who do you need to bless? Some of you have got parents you need to forgive and bless. Some of you have got in-laws you need to forgive and bless. You've been cursing them. It ain't changing anything. It's time to start blessing them. You've been cursing your debt. You've been cursing these things. How about we bless and we release and feel the presence of God to speak a blessing. 
We'll start with the hard one, and I'll lead you, and then it's up to you. But we're going to start with the hard one, which is the person that's hurt you badly or the situation that's hurt you badly. So here we go. Let's pray. Father, God, I bless you fill in that name. I bless them with all that is within me. God, I pray that you would just rain on them, that you would completely overshadow them, that you would do for them what no one else can do. Lord, I bless them and I break the curse on my mind, on my heart, on my spirit that has kept me bound and hurting and not all that I'm supposed to be. So Lord, I free that person and I bless them, Lord. Let your blessings rain down on them. Now you do your part. Who do you need to bless? Have you blessed your children? Have you blessed your spouse? Take this time right now as the worship team plays with just, and I mean literally, it doesn't have to be a yell, but speak a blessing. Speak it just like Moses spoke, just like Abraham spoke, spoke, just like God spoke, and just like Jesus spoke. He spoke a blessing. Get your voice and use it this morning. We'll see.